0: welcome to the association 4.0 podcast your association's no fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace each week we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve
1: hello my name is sherry budziak and i'm the host of the association 4.0 podcast I am also a co-founder of .org Community and founder and CEO of Source, a consultancy to associations. Today, my guest is Donna Gant. Donna is a chief revenue officer at Impexium. Impexium empowers associations of all sizes with smarter, simpler membership management. So I am excited about this conversation. Um, Donna and I are gonna discuss something that Org Source is passionate about, how to cultivate your team's executive mindset. So Donna, thanks for joining me today. Thanks Sherry, I'm excited to be
0: here and, and humbled by the opportunity to talk with you in the community.
1: So tell us, tell the audience kind of a little bit about Impexium um, and your background.
0: Sure, uh, Impexium is an AMS, an association management system, it's a software. Uh, With over 200 clients, um, we basically work with small, medium, and sort of that smaller end of the enterprise market uh, to help replace uh, legacy AMSs, to help manage their member needs, to help ultimately uh, work with them to grow their revenue and reduce the friction that we often see with AMS and CMS, CRM implementations. Um, Impact Seam kind of focuses on configurability, flexibility, and extensibility, and so a lot of our clients like that because they can really use the system to grow with them as an organization, and it keeps their cost of ownership much, much lower than a lot of the other AMS or CRM solutions in the market today. Um, Personally, my background, I've always been at the intersection of technology and process, and so that's where I've always kind of uh, worked. I started out a long, long time ago as an engineer with the Navy, uh, and since then I've worked across different industries and technologies. Most recently, I was working with the government contracting community on ERP and CRM solutions systems. And so I find government contractors have a lot of similarities to associations, which is a fun transition to Impexium. They are just like our association community. They're a small, tight-knit community. They're very service and mission-driven, just like our nonprofit community. Uh, And they're also plagued with a lot of the same kind of legacy system and process challenges that we we see a lot in the association space. Um, Also, our government contracting community was interested in partnership, transparency, commitment. I hear those kinds of things come up all the time when I'm working with associations on AMS selection with the Impexium world.
1: That's um, got a very interesting background. that's cool. It's varied. It's varied. Yeah. That's for
0: sure. It's uh, yeah. it's interesting. You know, the plans that you make in your life to go from path A to point, point A to B to C just just often don't work out the way that you anticipated. And in my case, they've worked out a lot better. So it's yeah. been fun to just enjoy the journey.
1: Yeah, that's great. So Donna, I noticed um, this quote from Jack Walsh that was on your LinkedIn page um, that I think expresses the focus of what we're going to explore Um and Walsh said, "When you were made, when you were made a leader, you weren't given a crown. You were given the responsibility to bring out the best in others. So, what does that those words mean to you?" Oh, I'm glad you found that. I love that
0: quote. Uh, and the meat of the quote to me is really about being an impactful leader. Uh, over the years, I've worked for a lot of different managers, having you know Navy experience, having different commercial uh, industry experiences. I've worked with a lot of people who think that if you just tell people what to do and you manage the tasks at hand, that you'll get the results that you want. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Jack Welch and uh, and a lot of the best leaders that I've crossed paths with across my life. Uh, really believe in creating a vision, leading people uh, in a way that they can bring that vision to life, and ultimately providing an opportunity and an environment where they can thrive with energy and enthusiasm, and we can achieve specific and measurable outcomes together. Um, my experience is that organizations really thrive when team members believe in the mission and when they believe that they are engaged to bring that mission to life. So when you're a person who kind of believes that you can lead from a throne, uh, it's only going to create disconnection and discontent across your teams and your leadership.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we see that, you know, in the uh, on the consulting side, you know, we've got, we've got this outside view and you can see the difference in just the cultures. Um when somebody is leading from as you, the throne compared to um, really being focused on the mission and being being driven that way. Um, some great thoughts you had there. Uh, so described, um, how would you describe thinking like an executive and what impact does promoting that orientation have on employees and their organizations? Yeah.
0: You know, one of the best pieces of advice that someone gave me, Sherry, when I was sort of making the transition to from middle management into executive leadership Uh, is that ultimately the success of my success was driven by the success of my teams. And it sounds like such a simple concept, but when you think about it that way, you really start to lead rather than from a top-down perspective, which is what a lot of people think they're supposed to do as an executive, Mm -hmm. to a bottom-up perspective. And you think about each team and as each team becomes more successful and they're all working in alignment, you start to see your own success uh, as a result of that. And so that's been my experience. Um, I think that executives have both the challenge and the opportunity to drive the best outcomes for the organization as a whole. And so when you're a team leader or maybe a middle leader, you're thinking about that in terms of your own group or how you fit into a larger organization within the scope of your own silo. Um, as an executive, we have to break those silos down and we have to think about how we make decisions for the good of the whole Uh, Sometimes that means making really tough decisions about priorities. A lot of times just saying no is one of the hardest things to do to really focus the team on the highest priority items and also to make some tough decisions regarding people and organizations. Uh, In my experience, we think a lot about scalability and operational efficiency because, uh, at least in my case, and I think in most cases, Every executive is thinking about the bottom line and how you can do things as efficiently as possible while still focusing on the mission of your organization. Um, We lead with a lot of data in hand. So at least, you know, again, in my experience and working with the clients that we work with, they want to make data informed decisions so that as they see the current, the past and the future, they can start to trend where are we and where are we heading. Um, I think also acting on the short term, but visualizing the long term is really important. So being able to make that differentiation between what's happening day to day. um, A lot of times before they reach into an executive level of responsibility, folks are kind of mired in the day to day. And that's what you expect to be because you're working on a team, you're working with certain deliverables. As you move into that executive leadership position, it's really important to keep an eye on where you're going as an organization, knowing that day-to-day, you still have to work on the day-to-day benefits. Um, And then lastly, the thing I'd add, and and I find this to be one of the most important things in my experience, is that as organizations and people start to think at an executive level, um, it's really important that we build Compensation, incentives, and organizational structure in a way that aligns with the goals of the organization. It's kind of surprising how often you'll start to pull across, you know, kind of ask questions about an organization or think about what motivates them. And there is misalignment, oftentimes serious misalignment between how the organization is structured operationally to run, how the incentives of the leadership or the people on the team are built, and ultimately how compensation, whether that's financial compensation or benefits programs, or just you know programs to help make sure people take time off when they need it. Um, all of that has to be built into how we want to think about running the organization, building the growth that inevitably is important for both our clients and in
1: our case for Impexium. Absolutely. Um, So how do you, I guess, how can leaders um, encourage their teams to adopt that executive approach? And do you have any examples from your personal experience? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And I think related to that last point about organizational
0: structure, if we don't have operational components that kind of help us check in on the things that we want to do as an organization, things fall flat. It becomes something we talk about in a meeting, or maybe we uh, make as a priority in our statements or our vision statements, but we don't actually operationalize them. Uh, so I can tell you what we do here at Impexium that's really made a big difference in the organization. We challenge our leaders the day-to-day they're gonna be working in the business. So you know, it's getting the work done every day, it's making sure you're meeting deliverables and, and tracking the metrics associated with the work that per- we're performing. But the important thing is that they also can pull back and work on the business sometimes. And so we have things that we call driving initiatives. Those are the way that we talk across our business units. It's the way we talk to our board and our investors. And it's the way we talk about uh, our priorities as a leadership team to think about what are we doing to improve the business? What is the continual improvement that we're looking at in order to help us really make Um, increases in performance, increases in scalability, increases in growth, maybe cost controls, different things that really help us move the needle in terms of our performance. So it really helps you operationalize the goals of the organization into uh, kind of the day-to-day or week-to-week management. There was one other thing that I think becomes really important um, in that move to an executive leadership role, and I'm sure you felt this too, Sherry, running your own business, it's really important to have the right people in the right roles. And so yeah. oftentimes we've got great people but they might not be in exactly the right role or we might need to bring people in from the outside or help people find an organization that's a better fit for them. Um, organizations change over time. And so as a likely result, you know, people who move along with the organization are doing great. Um, sometimes that's not the case and we really have to make sure that we find the right fit I'm a big believer that people can succeed as both individual contributors and also leaders of people. So if I have people in leadership roles of people, but that's maybe not their forte and they're instead more of an individual contributor, we find ways to help them grow within the organization in both of those capacities if they have a leaning towards one or the other.
1: Yeah, you know, we do, as you know, we do a lot of digital transformation work and um, we're always looking for somebody that is coachable to kind of take a lead on a project and kind of really help um, position the organization for the success from the inside. And it's funny because as you're you're kind of talking, what I was thinking about is sometimes we find people that have certain skill sets that may not have the technology component. And we're like, they can learn that, but they're really good at leading teams. And they're really good at these qualities that we can put them in this a uh, different position in the organization and they can really, you know, excel. And we've seen that a lot of times, but that's really kind of takes some thinking through. I mean, of course I've had this on my team too where we're like, oh, that person's doing this job you know, terrible and you're ready to like let them go because it's just horrible, but then you find what they're really good at, and you put them in that role and then they're, you know, excelling. So, um Anyway, so yeah, I think it's just taking that step back and really thinking through where, you know, where can this, this, you know, the staff be successful and as they're kind of moving up to that executive um, level so you know what, what do you feel like culture plays in the process. Oh, that's really, really
0: important. You know, and, and being a person who has been at Impact Team for less than a year, you know, coming in as a, a new person into an existing culture has been one of the things that I've paid attention to. I think this is true in our association community too, because you'll see people move across associations, particularly in executive leadership roles, where um maybe they came up from the inside of the organization, but oftentimes they're moving from one association to another. And so making sure we know what the culture is like is is so, so important. Um, I've certainly seen my share of leaders who have come in and started making moves before they really understood the organizational culture. And that can backfire, as I'm sure you've seen yourself. Um, So oftentimes it's a matter of saying, you know, let me take 30, 60, 90 days and think about how I'm going to absorb the culture in that period of time, talking to people, understanding what's important, understanding some things about the culture that might not be productive. There might be things that you want to change as an organizational leader, but helping to understand first, I think, is really important. Um, you know, we use that term seek to understand, right? And so I think to to understand first where the organization stands is really important. And then to affect the actual culture and maybe make the changes that you're interested in making. It's really important to engage the team in that change. And so um, not just the people who are in leadership with leadership titles can create a healthy culture, but often that's throughout the organization. Uh, We've done some things here like Uh, create culture committees or create employee advisory boards so that we have employees at all different levels in the organization helping to say, What are the three to five things that we care about? How do we institutionalize that across the organization? And then when those shifts in culture are necessary, like maybe you want to shift to a more accountability culture, or you want to shift to a culture that people aren't working quite so hard and and burning out, or whatever the appropriate elements are of the culture change, you can lead that from across the organization with people at every level in different roles so that they can start to impact their, their coworkers.
1: Um, Absolutely. I was I think it's important, too. We were recently talking to an executive about being able to to explain and explain honestly what that culture is like. And I use the example of, you know, we work with an organization, one that's very entrepreneurial, always new ideas, always go, go, go. Um, I would thrive in that culture where there's other groups that we work with that are just there's a lot of let's say the red tape and a lot of review process and it's just a slower paced organization not that that's wrong but that's not a place that I might necessarily thrive in but neither one is bad it's just a it's kind of like where do you fit and when I think especially CEOs and senior executives can't really articulate or their culture or be real about what their culture is to incoming um, folks, then those folks aren't, can't, you know, are typically not successful. So anyway, that's something that, that, you know, I've been trying to help you, like really explain, like you have to articulate what it is. Just don't say like, we've got a great culture. Well, what does that mean? Right. (laughs) What does it mean, um, yeah, and
0: how do people align with it so that they can see yeah. how how does that culture fit to their personality, their work style, their goals and objectives, uh, even incorporating into like onboarding for new employees so that you're talking about it on a regular basis and there's kind of a playbook associated with your culture and making sure that it becomes an operational part and not just a conversation that you have once a quarter in a, an all-employees meeting.
1: Right, yeah, Absolutely. So, Donna, what um, are you think are some of the challenges in helping employees see their responsibilities in a broader perspective? This is so, so important. You know, I I think this goes across the whole organization
0: and, you know, up, down, side to side. Um, I think it depends so much on the individuals. It depends on the leadership. It depends on the culture of the organization. You know, going back to that last question. Um I find oftentimes what happens is people are just mired in the day to day you know and they have a really hard time thinking about anything beyond what they do day to day and oftentimes this shows up in associations too where we might have um we might have rules that went into our bylaws or we might have different components of the organization that kind of always been there and imagining those changes can be hard and sometimes you don't want to imagine those changes and they're not necessarily the changes you would want But I think by asking employees and asking team members, what do they see that could be made better, involving them in the change, asking them to have a broader perspective. And and like I said earlier, kind of operationalizing that, like we have weekly BU meetings where we sit down with each business unit and we talk about these things like driving initiatives so that people have an opportunity to step out of the day to day. And think about working on the business as opposed to working in the business. I think it's really important to just make that space for people so that employees can rise up and see those opportunities to improve, to feel more engaged about the outcome of the organization, and to really think about how they can
1: help drive the change that you want to make as an executive. And how do you feel um, employees' expectations, um, or do you see employees' ac- expectations regarding roles changing?
0: Mm. You know that's a good one. Um, in my experience, I I try not to be kind of trite, uh, but at the same time, you know, I am a person of a certain generation and have gone through a certain amount of professional experience in my life. Um, I do find that there are some generational differences of how team members can. Um, Think And there are always individual um, differences, of course, but there are some trends and some sort of themes that we want to think about as executive leaders across the organizations. Um, For example, you know, one of the pieces of advice that I give people who want to be part of change and want to be part of moving up or growing in an organization is that when when you perform at that higher level that really leads to the positions and the promotion and the advancement that you're looking for as opposed to an attitude of, well, I've done this role for two years and so therefore I should be granted the next level or mm-hmm. I should be getting a promotion. Um, I find you know, oftentimes that it's really rising up to that next level and then being able to negotiate or have a conversation with your leadership to say, I'm already doing these things. These are a part of that next level up responsibility. Or in the case where the role that you think needs to happen doesn't even exist in the organization, a lot of times you can create that role by saying, here are the needs that I see, here's how I can address those needs, and really aligning between what your goals are as an individual for growth and what the organizational goals are. Um, Personally, that's really how I've navigated my career, and I think it's a great way for people um, quite frankly, especially women to think about crafting roles that may or may not exist inside the organization, or thinking about how your skills align with part of a job description and maybe not hundred percent of the job description, but you can make those connection points between your experience and what's needed in the organization. So a lot of kind of leaning in, being creative and being really engaged about how you want to get to that next level as you move through your career.
1: That's that's some good advice. I um you know, before I started the consultancy, I tell people I was in an executive level position. Um, Wasn't, it was just becoming just too much. Everyone said, you're next. What you need to do next, Sherry, is be an association CEO. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm not really good at like navigating a board. And like, I knew where I was going to potentially get myself in trouble. I'm like, I might get the job, but then I'm probably gonna get myself fired. So what I did was I really had that realization of sitting down and putting together all the things that I love to do, that I excelled at, and then all the things I hated doing. Mm-hmm. And then then I decided, well, I gotta create my own business because I can't find the job that I'm looking for. So There you go, and look at that. But sometimes, but, but getting to that point, as to your point, within my career, is I did kind of navigate creating those positions that weren't necessarily there or that were new, which can kind of be a little bit scary, but it's exciting too. And then, and then continuing to to know and and work with um, the executives to get what you need in terms of training or support or mentorship or whatever those things might be too. I think is really important. Yeah, it's important in each organization, and and not everyone is going to be open to that,
0: so it tells you a lot about the leadership and culture that you're into, or are they open to crafting those kinds of roles, or are they mired in, there's the red tape, there's you need to be in this organizational role this many years or months before you can be eligible for the next role, that kind of stuff gets a little old to people who are super creative and motivated and interested, but you also have to prove out that you're ready for that next role before you can justify, you know, just asking for a pay raise or asking for a promotion. I think that's the thing that, you know, sometimes there's still a disconnect with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Donna, I'm curious is what you think. Um, does technology help teams think more strategically about their responsibilities? And if so, how?
0: Mm. <laughs> That's a good question, especially because I work in technology. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I've
0: always been in technology. And so I I have some really firm ideas about that. And I think that um, people who, you know, when we think of technology as just technology for tech's sake, um, it does not, it does not meet an end in itself, right? So the advice that I have there, and I think how we can help people think more strategically about their responsibilities using technology. Is begin with the end in mind. And it sounds a little bit trite, but it's really, really true. If we say, what are the outcomes that we're trying to achieve as an organization, and how does technology help us do that? It's either going to help automate very operationally mired, you know, manual processes. It's gonna give us better data to be able to make better data-driven decisions. It's gonna give us better predictive insights into the future of our organization. But if we just kind of go along thinking that that information is gonna present itself to us and we're gonna make decisions with it without knowing what that final path is, it, it just really sort of falls short and you end up changing, you sort of end up changing the finish line all the time. So I encourage organizations to think about what the end looks like design dashboards, reporting data that brings you back into how does that tell me how the organization is doing both in terms of health, in terms of growth, in terms of the amount of time it takes for us to process certain transactions or certain things that are happening in the organization. And then by having that visualization, it really helps you kind of map the steps between points A and point Z to say, how do we get to point Z and what are the things that are breaking down in the process along the way? Then you know what
1: to focus on as an organizational leader. That's great, Donna. Um, So I guess, you know, before we wrap up today, is there any other comments or thoughts that you have for our audience?
0: Uh, Just keep keep coming along. You know, I think that um, one of the things that gets really, you mentioned it yourself, you know, kind of deciding how you wanted to find a position and a path that was right for you as an individual. I think one of the things that I would just encourage the audience to do is take time for yourself, take time for your organization, take time to kind of get out of the weeds and and give yourself the opportunity to get the big picture in mind. For me, I do a lot of walking, that's where I process. Um, And so when people just get too caught up in the day-to-day, it gets really hard to see the forest for the trees. And so I would just encourage everyone to take time, um, whether it's daily or weekly
1: or on a periodic basis to just step back from the day-to-day and really think about that bigger picture um, that's really good advice. I think I need to take some of that myself. So (laughs) I'm I'm going to leave with, with that today. And maybe I, now that it's beautiful here in Chicago right now, I need to start that walking. (laughs) So, um, so thanks Donna for great advice and thanks to our listeners. Um, I hope that they enjoyed this episode and if anybody's listening and they'd like to contact you to learn more about you or Impexium, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can, you can contact me directly on email at Dgant D-G-A-N-D-T at impexium.com or on LinkedIn. I am active on LinkedIn and happy to make connections there and extend the community. Uh, Always happy to be a resource and mentor with anyone
1: in the podcast audience. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Donna. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Sherry.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.